Right, uh, so this would be the um, the sort of pilot episode, uh, <laughs> if, if we ever do any more, of what we're uh, we're calling Waterculture at the moment. Thanks to uh, to Shim for the name. Mm. Um, obviously, it's doesn't come with any royalties or anything, but um, you'll know you did it. It's all right. I'm and the idea, <laughs> the idea, I think, is that we're going to discuss games that we've played. Uh, I just probably say that in the unlikely event anybody has not heard one of our recordings and plans to actually listen to it, that there are going to be spoilers for the adventure that may crop up, because we're not going to police it terribly well. Uh, so we're talking about the Cthulhu hack, and um, specifically Saving Innsmouth, a, what was it, a student documentary, was it? Mm-hmm. Sort of, in passing, yep. Right, uh, and that was a game go. run. I can't even begin to remember when. Uh, GM by Mark. Yep, probably Hello, about. Mark. So you about two years ago. Feels yeah, two years. Probably. Feels two years ago. Long enough that I can. Well, long enough that I can remember what the, that we actually played, but slightly <laughs> too long to remember much about it. But hey, let's roll with the punches. And well, see I did have this idea a while ago, but I may have, I may have neglected to mention it before. <laughs> Yeah, we, we put it up at, uh, in February of 2018, so yeah. Oh, wow. There you go. So very so timely. pretty much bang on, yeah. So, starting then, Mark. Um, can you just give us, um, to start with, a reason why you proposed playing, running this one for us in the first place? We played a lot of Call of Cthulhu, and this is a Cthulhu game, so why bother not playing Call of Cthulhu? Okay, so basically, we not long before this played the Black Hack, and I had some reservations with it. I found it a little oversimplified, um, and we decided. It. Yes, okay. so uh, I'm sure we will. Uh, I'm sure the Black Hack. Soon to be another episode of Horticulture. <laughs> Probably about n- number 30 or 40, I would have thought. Uh, but, um, Mr. Optimist. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm just optimistic beyond belief. Um, but we kind of thought that maybe trying something like Call of Cthulhu where it's less rule-centric for a lot of the bits and pieces apart from the very specifics of um, sanity and um, so on. Um, and the idea then was that we'd um, try and use uh, the Cthulhu hack. So those are sort of the kind of key points that make you think of a Lovecraftian game, because Cthulhu, Call of Cthulhu kind of set it up that sanity is a core thing, or the stability of your character, the mental stability. Yeah. So it's got, it's got that... What then is its basic way of operating? If you want to do something like find a, a book in the library or barge open a door, okay, so how you've do you got, do it? Okay, so you've got two base rules, or oh, ba- two base things that you are uh, rolling against. Um, and this is there's not many times when you're actually rolling for dice. So you're either rolling to save because something bad is happening, um, but if you're rolling to to do something, with the exception of combat sort of um you have a thing called smokes and a thing called flashlights um smokes is um kind of your social interactions flashlight is your physical things okay um 
characters have kind of different levels of each, but um, both work in a similar sort of way to um, any sort of um, uh, provision type thing that would be in the Black Hack. Right. So, uh, as far as characters go, then, uh, Roger, you were playing, was it Guts? Uh, Guts Zielinski, the uh, ice, ice hockery enforcer. Ice hockery, yes. We uh, I, 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 believe, I believe the bruiser archetype has been taken out of the second edition. Uh, oh. Which is a shame, because it was quite a nice archetype. Yeah, but basically, well, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't have the investigative skills, he just beats people up. Yeah, I, I, again, the way we've tended to play Cthulhu, that's very useful. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you find that um, the Fast choices Eddie, it gave you gave you the character that you were hoping to play, or did it force you to try something new? I think so. Yeah, I mean, it it, it was a bit new. Um, I, I, don't, I don't usually play the uncomplicated physical type anyway, uh, but I thought I'd give it a no, try. No, normally they use dynamite or something as a. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I, I work for the SAS doing the jobs that they don't want to do. This is actually technically true, if you define the SAS carefully enough. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and the jobs they don't want to do is filing and admin. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, I, I, I was in that black hat game. So, so the basic idea of saving against the stat is, is, yeah, it's very straightforward. Uh, I do, I do like the way that every, everything you do rather than they roll to hit you is you roll to not be hit. It puts the focus on the player for that. Yeah, actually, that was something you mentioned, Mark, about the black hack that I think you were a little unsettled. Is the wrong word, but it was it was weird. You said that you didn't get to roll many dice. No, exactly. As the GM, uh, as the GM you hardly roll at all. Um, and so actually, funnily enough, I, out. funnily enough, that was far less of an issue with Cthulhu hack. Um. Partly, I guess. Well, the, the physical confrontation is a huge part of the of a, of a dungeon bash, and it's not a huge yeah. part of a, a Cthulhu adventure. I think and that probably helps. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose it's a totally different focus. To, yeah. I mean, um, but to me, I more intellectual and cerebral, is it? Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely <laughs> felt. Yeah. It's funny you're laughing, uh, Nick. Cause I was thinking <laughs> of turning to you next. <laughs> yeah. Uh, go on. Um, then. You were playing. Um, was it Chris? Chris Brazil, uh, and Chris Brazil. Okay, yeah. Dimly recall, I was a uh, liberal arts student on yep. a, uh, a filmmaking project. Yeah, you were actually making a documentary about Innsmouth, and that you were the man with the camera. You all ended up being basically trapped in an underground maze of tunnels beneath Old Innsmouth, which I think was supposed the town was going to be raised and redeveloped or something. Mm-hmm. Yes, that but, rings a bell. But you were making this documentary, so that gave gave everybody a nice reason to be in the adventure. Yeah, that was it. Sort of tied it. So, um, what what about the character creation for you? It was all rolling, um, basically d sixes. I think if you get above, well, if you get a you fifteen got, for something, your next attribute's got to be much lower. Little, uh, yeah, the next well, one's two d six. Here would be two. a good advantage for, for a recap, a, a, a brief recap of all my genuinely have no, no memory of, of how the rolls okay. work. Okay, so um, putting aside, well, putting aside the, the rules, because it was basically you just roll in for fairly standard D&D type stuff, but if you get a really good score, your next one, I think, is a 2d6 plus 2 instead of 3d6, so you're less likely yes. to get a very high score. Um, yes. Now, when <laughs> I know that 
a lot of people hate random rolling and mm. only want point by or templates that they can change or something like that. What about you? Did it um, did it produce a character that you felt was playable, or were you having to really hammer against it to play it the way you wanted to? Uh, with this one, I did. Uh, I, I mean, I suppose you need a bit of inspiration to have a character that you want to play. Um, staring at your nose all the time. Uh, it's a lovely nose, by the way. Um, oh, yeah. just, uh, I'm not close up. up to the to the camera or anything. Yeah, yeah, rather up in my grill. Yeah. Um, anyway, the, I, I random rolling compared to points one. With mm. <laughs> oh, <laughs> many of the viewers at home. Um, <laughs> uh, so, um, so terribly loose elastic. Sure. I can only apologise. <laughs> So, uh, I think to ha- in a point play system, you have to have a strong idea for your character to start. You have to put in the homework first. With a rolling system, you can just roll and see what inspires you. And I suppose generally that works for me. Generally, I do think of a character on the fly. Just occasionally in a system, I come up with a fairly bland character that I don't enjoy with, with a rolling system. Right. Uh, well, you, you seem to be enjoying this one. Yeah, this one I did enjoy. I, I sort of got a handle on it. And the role, uh, the role made me choose what I wanted to play. Um, so yeah, it, it gave me inspiration, I guess. And I, sometimes that works well for me in a random system. It did in this. Piece. And looking from the point of view of um, somebody not actually playing, but uh, you know, a, a random man off the street who, who may have perhaps been in the audience, we do in <laughs> fact have a random man on the street who uh, who was in the audience on that very night. We should, we should let him inside. Uh, in so fact. How, how did it how did it sound to you? And did it did it play any differently? Do you think than listening to us play Call of Cthulhu? Or do we just you know the rules just <laughs> we get them all so badly wrong that it's irrelevant what we're playing? I, I don't think you did actually. Um, at least not in this case. Um, so <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yes, that was a bit, bit backhanded, but thanks very much. I try, I try. Um, so it was quite a quick character generation, which some of the sessions, some of the games tend to end up a like basically one episode is just character creation and talking through that. But yeah, this so one episode zero is a lot of people call it. Yeah, but this one you were able to launch quite quickly into it, even though only Mark had the rules. Uh, Can I uh, in- interject please, uh, please. or ejaculate into the conversation? Uh, uh, preferably interject. If um, that's okay. <clears throat> what What do people think of character as, as, as listeners of um, role playing games? If there's a character gen session, do people enjoy that, or do they skip it and go to I think opinions are probably as mixed as as any other topic. Yeah, Um, I mean, as a listener, what brings a lie to the whole? I I like them. I usually do listen to them, um, particularly if it's if it's going to be a long running game, and if it's if it gets its own country generation session, it probably should be a long running game. Because it because it gets gets you a feeling of who these people are, who you know who they are before the horror starts. You say yeah. you say this because it should be a long running game if the character generation is long, but I used to play things like space opera where we once spent four hours generating the <laughs> party who were all killed in fifteen minutes 
due to a very unfortunate incident at the spaceport involving a jetpack and a police response unit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's not guaranteed that it's going to be a long-running thing. I have but, um, I have gone through Shadowrun character creation twice, but never actually played it because by the time we'd finished creating characters, we were all sick of the very thought. That sounds like early idea. Shadowrun. Yes, Shadowrun fifth edition. That pretty much happened to a group I was in. The GM just decided he couldn't possibly handle this, and um, it wasn't the sort of thing he wanted to run. <laughs> I think uh, when you, I, sometimes mm. when you're reading a game, it seems much more straightforward. And you think, yeah, okay, this is really good. And then yeah. inevitably in character generation, somebody says, well, does this mean that I get that? And you realise that you've not only got no idea, but it opens up other questions that you've no idea the answer to, and you can't find the answer. Mm. I would say that's a very familiar feeling <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, reading through a campaign and vaguely envisioning how it works, yeah. and then encountering the characters that your players have made. For example, doing, doing a quick dungeon delve where it's discovered that every bastard player has created a wizard. <laughs> just, <laughs> just to pluck something from the ether. No, no, no. One of my friends wanted to run a game of um, the original White Wolf Demon, Demon the Fallen. Yeah. Um, mm. And um, so it was going to be okay. There's this conference of a, a, like a, a a disowned Catholic sect happening in an Oxford college, and you're infiltrating it for demon reasons. Um, and we made basically Wednesday Adams and Hugh Jackman. Because by the time we'd gone through the character creation process, we'd sort of completely lost any connection to the premise of the game. Hmm. Um, okay, oh, sorry for that segue. If this becomes a thing, we could do a whole session. Well, no, it's, I, think, I think it's useful because in this particular game, character gen- I mean, I listened to Character Generation yesterday, and it was basically simple. I don't think anybody really got it wrong, except that... Um, I was a little bit behind people for some reason. And, you, you're having um, tech issues. Like, yeah, oh, that was the only it. That's why I'm not in the second one, did. isn't it? Yeah, the only reason it took as long as it did through the character generation was because you were having technical issues with getting the PDF to work. Yeah, it was on my, it was on my previous uh, previous computer, which was just about to collapse. Mm-hmm. And uh, this nice shiny new one hasn't done yet. So character generation... Oh, not quite as many options as you've got in some things. I mean, you couldn't... Um, you couldn't say that it stood up against something like GURPS for finally crafting exactly the character you might have had in mind. Mm. But it does seem to have given everybody something playable, even though you were very often <laughs> rolling a three, wasn't it? You rolled, Nick? I can't remember. No, yeah, you, you, something, you yeah, rolled well, a three. I have a, oh, I rolled a three. I, Nick, Nick got a six. I have a wisdom of six. Oh, glad you can remember. That's yeah, well, I mean, me rolling a three is perfectly normal, but um, <laughs> other, other people getting it would be unusual. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but it's still playable. Even if I did vanish from the uh, the archaeological record for session two, uh, well, none of our group are particularly power gamey, which I guess is why we really gaming together. Mm. To um, shovel the shovel the, the turds of fortune, the turds of fortune, right? And the yeah. the simplicity then of the 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 stats you've got and um, the the base mechanics, which you described how you're rolling to, to succeed um, you briefly mentioned Mark that it's uh, you kind of roll to see if you've if you've been hit by something rather than doing a yes, back and exactly. forth 
roll yeah. to hit. So that's simple. So it's quite suited to online play, really. Yeah, it was relatively easy from that. The other, the other nice thing is um, going back to your thing about sort of character gen, because it was so quick and so easy. Character gen wasn't really a um, an interference with the thing. So you kind of, I mean, for me, I either want something like this. Or I want a system that I know intimately, and I either either or to GM because I'm I'm more than happy to sort of um, just make stuff up as I go along, um, either with either with a rule system that I know, or basically uh, be looking around at my uh, friends and colleagues uh, when we're actually playing. For example, playing Hero, uh, where. Um, Having not played um, anything like that since Champions, and then actually running a whole main game, I just basically just winged it. Um, yeah. And either you know, either so, which is fine if you. I mean, I, I was lucky in the fact that I had quite a few people with me who knew the rules. Um, or um, if I was playing GURPS, I again. My, I'm, I'm not up to sort of Roger's speed these days, but the, I, I know GURPS reasonably well, um, so I, could, I, I know roughly what's going on. I know where where bits and pieces are. This had has so few rules that, to a certain extent, you're ad libbing anyway. Right. Do, do you find that a, a detriment? Sometimes I find rules are so loose and so vague um, that almost to the point where they're just not very helpful. Or they they seem almost superfluous, you mean? Yeah, or, or the players can interpret them. It ends up just feeling a bit pointless uh, in some systems. I, 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 I don't think I... I've almost no memory of this game, I'm afraid, but I don't remember this is brilliant, feeling actually, that in this game. I'm loving <laughs> the, the only fact that you appear to have just come, come is, out of... I dug out my character. Oh, which is pink oh. for some reason. Oh, that's <laughs> uh, I must have been having some issues printing. With the printering. But, yeah. yeah did you, do you remember feeling that, Mark? Or was it too late? No, um, I, I was quite relaxed, I think, partly because the actual setting itself. I mean, I, mean, I kind of... So I fiddled around a little bit um, with 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 the way that the actual adventure was written per se. Yeah, this was a pre-written uh, scenario, wasn't it? Yes, so we were using... And I, and I swapped it round slightly, so there was an actual lead up to it rather than you're here and then flashback which was basically the way that they oh i see okay yeah hmm. so um um so, so 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 i did it that way around which was which was fine and it all worked but um the idea was that basically you went into the um i think you you might didn't quite start in the tunnels, but you pretty much did, sort of thing. So that now uh, my my memory of that, uh, which is limited and hazy, um, <laughs> is that I recall feeling ever so sorry. Rail, railroading something I feel that often, and I certainly I've got a lot of sympathy with it. But I felt slightly railroaded into the underground tunnel. Mm. Well, it I was recall. very much uh, whoops, we've fallen through a hole in the floor, wasn't it? I mean, that's, yeah. that's basically how you end up there, and then you can't get back up. Hmm. Yeah. So, I, I mean, in a way, it could almost start with you sort of dusting yourself off at the bottom of uh, of a, a pit as they close the doors above you, and mm. then you saying, "Well, you know, here's here's what just happened." And I suppose mm. that's more of of how it was originally written in a way. Is it, it just it, it was, really it, makes it feel like you've got no choice. This is what's happening. Yeah. Well, you, so, you know so, the way. 
um, a, a lot of player character groups will fight to the de- death against everything. And I, I know a couple of gems who said basically, if I want to do a prison break adventure, I will just start the adventure with you are in prison. You, ha- you yeah, had a yeah, hard yeah. fight, but you got captured because it's never going to happen in the actual game. They'll, they'll just die first. I, and honestly, as far as role playing through uh, a situation where you have to lose, it, it's not really fun for anyone. I don't think. So I could say, yeah. uh, do you remember the old West End Star Wars game? Very good mm. game in media res, as I recall. But you had to um, you had to read an adventure script. Stuff. Well, because it was geared very much towards people who may never have played a role-playing game, because yeah. they, as well as trying to get gamers, it was really focused on um, people who were, who, you know, seen Star, Star Wars. Wars. Yeah, they, 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 were, they were selling supplements in the Star Wars uh, merchandise shop at Disney World. Yeah, really. Yeah. Oh, well, it became. I mean, a lot of it became kind of part of the Bible at uh, Lucasfilm. Mm. Were, yeah, yeah, and, they, and they it's read only relatively recently, I think. Well, so relatively recently, but it was twenty years ago now when they did the prequel. <laughs> yeah. uh, but anyway, it's only relatively recently, relatively that they've actually got rid of that, the sort of core of the extended universe. Which it, came it was out ba- basically when when they ramp, when they were ramping up for the new films. Um, oh, yeah, right. mm. that's that's it was actually fairly recent. Yeah, and it was. The, well, yeah. I remember Timothy Zahn wrote this when that was an exciting thing that he'd written like a sequel yeah, yeah I was very disappointed Alan Dean Foster hadn't written it instead <laughs> uh, but at that, I'm pretty sure he consulted the West End game source or at least that is a rumour that I'm very happy to I'm pretty sure I've read who, Designers and Dragons. Yeah, they were the ones who did the uh, sort of the the capital and stuff, weren't they? And the the, the Senate mm. and stuff originally. Mm. That that all came from from. from and those. a lot of it is still, even though not technically, kind of is so much. Yeah, some of it's still around, but all that kind of background and level of detail, uh, notably missing from this adventure, which I think probably assumes you know Lovecraft from the start, doesn't it? Or at least you think generally how Lovecrafty it, things work. Yeah. Yeah, do you think if you came to it cold and were expecting a, a Christ, regular no. horror game, maybe it works? Or um, if you be interested to see how it was, I would be interested to see how how a GM would run it at a con where you didn't know the players. I think well, it would it, be I a different. I think it would be a. I think you would potentially go about it in a different way than than how I did with you guys. Again, part of the reason why I actually pushed you through the actual storyline i thought it actually made more sense for you lot rather than you're here now give us the yeah. backstory of how your yeah. character got here Chim, did it sound like the players had had much choice when you're listening to it or were you ju- was it just sort of you know well clearly they're on the ride and i'll just enjoy the i, I use enjoy you know there are other words that <laughs> but i'll just enjoy listening um i think the start point where it was going through the lead up to it, going to Falcon Point on the bus, that kind of thing, um, had that sort not, of not Falcon Crest, despite Nick's, no, <laughs> um, had that sort of prologue feel to it. So you know, there's not going to be too much decision making. That's a big part of it. Um, I've actually written Falcon Crest here. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I think uh, once you actually got to Innsmouth, I think, like you said, it was there was that that particular segment where it's they really have to fall down the hole now. Yeah, is yeah. the bit where 
I mean, it's the kind of bit where with some of my groups I would just go, okay, so in this bit, I'm just going to make something happen because that's how the plot happens. Um, yeah. And because I've, I've, like you said, I've got some players who would look for every possible way for that not to happen. Yeah, some people... Did we, did we rail against it? Did we? I, I, I have a vague memory that we did a bit, but I, I can't... Not massively so. I, I, think I think it was fairly actually... clear we weren't getting up again, so... Mm. Yeah. Mm. And I, the thing it... is, we were basically playing a bunch of students, not people on a sort of action movie or superheroic level. So none of us were going to, you know, quickly give somebody an acrobatic boost up out of the hole and take on the bus driver or anything like that. It's not mm-hmm. that kind of game. But what I wonder about is if somebody hasn't got a grounding in Cthulhu that perhaps wasn't given to them through character generation in this, you know, because mm-hmm. it's missing there, would they then have, have just thought, well, no, I should be able to be the hero at this point? I think in the same way that you know, if you're a Cthulhu player, you know when you find the book bound in sinister black leather, you definitely have to read it. Um, you know, you know you have to go and do the unwise thing. If you're doing a horror game, you know you're all split up to look for clues. Yeah, and you um, are going to spend the night at the haunted house where 20 people have died over the years, despite thinking, actually, I, I don't need a $1,000 prize money that much. I'll, I'll yeah. do something else. I'll go pick fruit for the summer. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, there's tropes that you play into because you know the genre you're playing and I, I do agree that wasn't really brought out in the character generation. So if someone was coming to it fresh, they might not have been that comfortable with, oh, I'm in a hole. Why am I in a hole? Why can't I do something to avoid mm-hmm. falling in a hole? Why didn't I check for traps? You know, that sort of... Although it's probably fair to say that the Cthulhu hack as a, as a game product uh, from just Crunch Games, I think I forgot to say at the beginning... Um, is most likely to be selling to existing gamers. I don't think it's particularly marketed as a... Uh, have you heard about role-playing games? Well, start with this one. Yeah. It I mean, it's, very, it's very simple. I'm sure you could play... It's quite well written. Does um, it, in, in the rule book, does it have a, it's a role-playing game section? That's always, they're always fun to read. Uh, in our um, aging oh, oh, just, just have the rule book here. Hang on. Uh, yeah, I was just... Funnily enough, ditto. Yeah, the, um, the the second ed one I have here has a very brief introduction saying, you know, it's a role-playing game, friends sit around a table and narrate stories, but it doesn't have an example of play or anything like that. Oh, no, there is an example of play. It's right at the back. Oh, oh. Is it? Yes, example of right page 48, in fact. And uh, that is hyperlinked for those of you... Oh, right, it's, 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 it's got shorter in the new edition. Yeah. I really they cut that. So I guess what we're saying is that it's really time for people... You are familiar with all. I, I, I yeah. think so. I mean, at, at least two are aware of the concept. But to be fair, compared with 1982 or whenever it was called, clearly came out. That's a lot more people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. True. And Ooh. based, as we said, on the Black Hack, which was a uh, well, I think it's fair to say a, a sort of super simplification of current edition D and D, isn't it? So did Take... it start as a, a what do you call it? An o, well, no, the Black uh, Hack was OSR quite... thing. The Black Hack. So, so, so the, the Black Hack was kind of partly as well the fact that the original D&D was known as White Book D&D, wasn't it? Yeah, but it was also written by a man whose surname is Black, so uh, I think it's fair to say that he may yeah. have used his name as an element of it. Yeah. yeah. Though, but though that is it, basically... Sorry, it, carry on, Roger. It, it does have some... I mean, it, it's played by a bunch of the same people who do OSR games, but it's it's not trying to imitate 
original D&D mechanics, the way most OSR no, games do. No, it's trying to give you that sort of feeling, isn't it? Yeah. Rather than the... Because the... Um, the mechanics itself and the names of some of the things that you you use in it are quite different. Fundamentally, I think it was envisaged as a kind of a, a, an old-fashioned dungeon bash sort of game, but right. played in a way that didn't feel exactly the same as that complete resource management, tick off how many torches you've got, collect your arrows sort of thing that you get with mm. early D&D. Mm. Now, this particular adventure really is a dungeon bash, isn't it? You, you dropped into a load of tunnels... And um, there's the sinister croaking of frogs, and you're away. Mm. And then, then Nick accidentally steps in a dead woman, which was a very unpleasant episode. Did I? Do you not rem- no, you don't remember that? It's obvious, obviously... She's uh, halfway up your leg. Whatever it takes to sleep at night, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you're coming out of it like, well, I don't know, after, after the therapy and the drugs, I've got no real recollection <laughs> of it. I mean, either that means I was so traumatic, or I just stepped in front now, some, I mean, I, I, you are a liberal arts major, yeah. after all. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you studied before. Something I did notice, I had a quick listen through yesterday, as I said, and something stood out to me, and I'm wondering if Shim noticed this first time when he's listening. There are, there's flashlight and smokes, aren't there, Mark? Yeah. Yes. Which are kind of the skills, in a way, are they? Would you say? Yeah, so you haven't really got anything else other than that. So basically, um, yeah. if you're doing anything social, you use flashlight. If you're doing anything physical, you use spokes. All the way around. Yeah. All the other way around. All the other way around. Sorry, yes, the other yeah. way around. Sorry. Uh, and it's that listening to it yesterday, I kept sort of forgetting that when you're referring to flashlight, you weren't actually referring to somebody's torch or flashlight that they were carrying. And yeah, I wonder if because I did have a flashlight. Yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> And I'm wondering if the the way that things are done in those very broad brackets, and they're given what is kind of a cute name, it gives it, you know, smokes, it's that sort of social, you you know, offer somebody a cigarette and uh, try to talk them round or whatever. It's um, it, it's an odd choice of names for it, and I wonder if it got in the way as a listener who, had, who wasn't involved in playing. Did you see that, Sean, at all? Um, I do think... Some of the time it made it a little bit less clear or in, less intuitive what people were actually doing. Um, so if it had been sort of... Physical you'd have, say, or social. A, a social skill, yeah. Uh, yeah. In terms of the, well, you know, just make a roll on your social skills. Uh, that would have just made it very clear what it was. So it's maybe not 100% successful in that area. Yeah, I think partly as well, like you said, because of the very specific choice, because those are quite common yeah, smoke okay smoking relatively common thing to talk about you know fire is obviously a key to a key element of RPGs um, <laughs> and flashlights again is going to come up a lot in American well it is if you drop down yeah, your American college yeah. students <laughs> dropped into a d- series of dark tunnels so yeah. yes um, and I think they could potentially have got some thematic terms that weren't so likely to come up in play otherwise and that mm-hmm. might have been an improvement. I, my guess as to why they they are that is that the mechanic in the black hack for resources is is, is called things like torches and arrows and you know, f- yes. physical things. Yeah. And I and I think in in duplicating that, it, it, that there was an idea of you know call it talk, call it physical things. Yeah, okay, you're not actually d- expending a flashlight to to learn something, but mm. and that is now, that's the other key feature, isn't it? Do you drop down the dime? 
use. Yes. Yeah. Wait, wait. yeah so, if so, you roll so, a one or a two, isn't it? Yes, that's that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So, so for every time you 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 start off with um, a dice, um, and every, based on your yeah, um, your so it could, could be a d10, d12, whatever. Yeah. Every time I ask you to make a roll, you will succeed. But if you roll a one or two, one, you'll drop down to the to the next to the next dice. So, for example, from a d10 to a d8, um, and it'll then be a yes. Rather than it being yes, it's yes, but. So a complication okay. gets through. So there. a compl yeah. So, so 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 it still happens. Um, I mean, before we started recording, we were talking about gumshoe, um, and I think it's a similar sort of concept to that. Uh, where you don't fail your investigation role, say for example, if you're looking for clues, um, yeah. but you're, you might find the clue, but then you can hear that there's somebody coming from, um, you know, uh, there's a security guard coming or whatever. Right. Uh, so, you, so you've auto succeed. Yes. In, in learning the until, water. Yeah. Until you then, until you drop down to, Below the lowest dice, which so, is D four minus two, I think, is the lowest yes. level. Is I it? Yes, that's right, yeah. that, are you allowed to say I'm not actually classified? I, I, I think you normally choose. You can choose to, not to do it, can't you? To, to do yeah. the investigation. Right. Okay, that's fine. I'm just trying to remember. And it, <laughs> it, it certainly struck okay. me a bit a bit later that it, it is very much the spotlight sharing thing that that you get in something like Gumshoe, in that. You, if if one person is doing all the investigating, they are going to run out of resources and and have to step back for a bit, and somebody else can do it for a bit. Right, and of course the original mechanic of it was trying to simplify, but give the sort of feeling of that resource management element of D and D. If you're going further and further into the dungeon, you are going to run out of arrows. Your torches will burn out. You'll hmm. run out of lantern oil and uh, provisions. But in the normal game D and D, that is kind of that's that's part of the game. It's almost a sub game. Is tracking everything and working out how far you can go before you've got to turn back. And this is this simplified it because it seems to be something that, that I hesitate to say it, but, but younger gamers um, these days, uh, it, it's something that's not really part oh, of most games. Keeping track of every bullet or whatever. Uh, it's, no. it's very often simplified, which is you know fine. It's it's, it's simply a choice. So by doing that, uh, you've got, I, I think, a pretty effective mechanic from the way I was ex experiencing it. Yes, somebody could just keep rolling really well and the dice <laughs> never drop down those steps. And I suppose you've got a torch that never goes out or whatever. But overall, I thought it worked quite smoothly. Was that the general feeling? Mm. Mm. I've got a question for Mark. Go um, As the GM, did you feel... It was clear when you should and should not ask for those roles when people were trying to interact with the the surroundings or with the game. Yeah, so so, so um, it's I, okay. So I'm not the best person to be ever playing an actual uh, uh, written scenario um, as exactly as written. Um, John, Too much of an iconoclast, eh? Yeah, J J John and Nick have played in played in a game where um, I might have 
actually misread something very slightly and actually added in a whole extra section um, that basically was winged, but I'm sure they didn't notice, uh, because um, I'd misread something and then eventually moved them back to where they were supposed to actually be in the, in, in the scenario. But you did it so seamlessly, you see. You see, yeah. Well, I, I have no memory of it. <laughs> <laughs> I do hope we do more of these because it'd be fantastic if every single one of us. Nick, so what did you think? Well, I've got no memory of this particular game. <laughs> but I was, um, I was very yeah, drunk. So, 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 I, I'm basically Gandalf in Warrior. Yeah. Um, but I, I would like to ask you about the sound because for me, um, I don't know. That is something that calls to do. I don't know that it does it well, but it is kind of beloved. I, it's certainly not realistic, but it is a nice. It's iconic, though, isn't it? It's iconic. Yeah, I think that's the way. It, it, it's, it, it's emblematic of the fact that your characters are uh, going to die and are in a slow progression uh, to the grave. Is that emulated well in Cthulhu Hack? Do you think, or does it? Is it something that should be emulated in a crappy game, or is that mistaken for the to try to do that? Uh, it's there. Um, well, I guess in the Cthulhu hat, it, it just worked as a similar kind of resource. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was. Well, it's it's it, it's based. Yes, exactly. So it, it kind of you you were dropping down and then. Um, yeah, in in, in the second ed, it, when, it, when the die drops, uh, you have a you have a moment of temporary insanity. Right, uh, but but you but that, it, that didn't really happen in the. No, that, that wasn't, that happening, wasn't happening with us. No. I think it, well, I, or, so I or, suppose or I have, rather it did, but you can't, well, it, no, it didn't, it didn't in the same sort of way, no. I think looking at my sheet, I seem to have dropped one sanity, but I didn't. Oh, what happens when you get to minus two then? Do you lose your character, or do you just, are they incapacitated? I think you are that? what's commonly known as batshit crazy. Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, I suppose the world moves on somewhat to the eighties, to do particularly in the field of mental health and understanding mental health disorders. So I've become slightly uncomfortable about the whole sanity mechanic to some extent. Yeah, and I've seen I think a few games recently have talked about things like stability or whatever, and mm. there have been others games which aren't even Cthulhu-type that have had things like stiff upper lip to just get you this idea of you know your, your self-control has, has gone, rather than actually your brain breaks at the concept of these cosmic horrors. Because that is something that's actually quite... You can read it. It's a bit like yeah. Harrison Ford saying to George Lucas, you can write this stuff. You George can write this shit. But you can't, I, you can't say I, Well, it. I feel... But you can read it in Lovecraft. Love, yeah. But when, when you Lovecraft actually get down to fan. thinking about something that can break your brain just because you've seen it and it's completely beyond the scope of anything you've encountered is a bit hard to, to imagine, isn't it? I, I feel like, to me... Lovecraft backed that up with the concept that you can imagine would shatter your mind. To me, I, I mean, I don't know how other right. people feel about that, but, but I, I feel he had the imagination to make that work. Well, I, 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 don't I don't have the exact quote, but a friend of mine came up with the idea that basically for, for us as, as uh, post, uh, mod, modern people, a lot of our sanity loss is effectively prepaid. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we already know about the Holocaust, the atomic bomb, mm. all yeah. this sort of thing. Um, so, so, so they are not shocking to us the, the, the way that equivalent things would would have been to someone of the 1920s. Yeah, yeah but I suppose the point is, if you genuinely were confronted with the, the, the actual 
supernatural truth of the imagination that he would that break your brain? I don't know. Well, you know, if you if you discovered that somewhere in your family tree was a white ape or something, um, <laughs> oh, you know, oh, hypothetically, uh, yeah, I, I I was trying to <laughs> flirt away from the racism. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm not even going to touch on the racism of that because some people, <laughs> some some people fixate on it. Some people argue, well, it's not that racist. Of course, it's bloody racist. Uh, but yeah. you know, just the idea, if you were to say. You discovered that a completely um, non-human species actually figured in your family tree, whether it's the you know the fish creatures or whatever it is. Yeah, that's going to upset you. It's going to be very hard for you to really take in and believe, and certainly it's going to have an effect on you day to day. It's not necessarily going to have you suddenly f- sort of crouch in a corner and start gibbering and be dragged off to a sanatorium. I suppose it might. <laughs> But yeah, in a well, game, no, when you get down to it, using uh, using your strength, um, using your dexterity, or, or remembering something, your intellect, whatever, they're all abstracts. Mm. And in a way, this is an abstract of an abstract. So I don't think you get that same point-by-point grind feel with the sanity mechanic here that you do in well, that, in Cthulhu. I suppose that was the main thrust of what As you say, that's an iconic part of it. Is why well, you just watch it drip slowly, slow, um, almost I like sand through your fingers. However <laughs> realistic or honestly non-realistic it is, it, it's just, it's such an integral part of the game, and everyone kind of enjoys it, they have its roles and that, but um, is that... Uh, you lose it, it, you definitely, so, 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 so you don't get the same frissons when you, when you say, oh... Let's have a sanity roll now. That you do. I, I suppose that's the impulse behind the question. In that, for me, a, a, a Lovecraftian game has got to have something. It doesn't have to have that, but it has to have an element that that does that. And a moment when you're like, I'm, I'm confronted with my blasting horrors. Uh, how does my character react? And, and I suppose the impulse behind the question is for me. I'm not sure the Cthulhu hack. My patchy memory aside, I'm not sure that that did it for me in that sense. Right, so perhaps this, the way that it simplified things and kept it in line with its resource mechanic didn't yeah. quite convey that it was something different enough, or was it just perhaps a little bit too broad steps? Well, I suppose if you're going to do a Lovecraftian game, I want to get some of the feel off it. And to me, that, yeah, it's all it's to do with it. Sorry, I don't know. Can I just clarify that? With something like um, Call of Cthulhu, is it the watching your character get closer and closer to a sort of a danger point? Or is it the feeling that your character is actually going to be taken out of your direct control and have to act in a way that you normally wouldn't? I mean, I hesitate to say something like to decide they're going to kill the rest of the party because for a lot of people, that's... Hey, it's what my character <laughs> would do! <laughs> but I mean, um, you, know, you might run <laughs> screaming or decide that you've got to cleanse the place by fire or whatever. And that's sort of dictated to you almost when you've reached certain points in Cthulhu. Yeah. Is is that the kind of element of danger that you it's, think? It's kind of the inherent fragility of your character, I think. That it, it goes part half with it now. I, and I suppose to some extent, Call of Cthulhu mitigates that to its detriment with the sanity reward at the end. Well, d- don't forget that in the original draft, uh, Sandy's intention was that there would not be any way to recover sanity. Yeah, it never yeah. goes back up, does it? And yeah. I, I, I've been toying with that with my Cthulhu because I feel 
Anyway, in math, you're all saner than you'd let me die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do wonder or if dead. it should be almost a token <laughs> return, that maybe you get a D3 back, Yeah, but yeah. only if you've lost at least something. You know. But uh, but that, as I said, probably slight problem. For me, it, it's a symbol of how fragile your character is, and, and sort of kind of, it's like the, the, the character equivalent of the, the servant listed in the Emperor's ear, you are human. <laughs> and all this will pass, you know, it, it's kind of don't get too pleased with your characters because they will. So w- without that, this um, any c- sort of Lovecraftian game would just be a, a horror game to you, would it? It wouldn't have that cosmic horror element. Yeah, it feels like a, a it's very easy to be to, uh, you know, many, many things to be to Lovecraftian. Yeah. I, I feel I I suppose for me the Cthulhu hat didn't really model, and it's very hard to and it didn't really model that existential horror section I'm very selective with my Cthulhu because I guess like Sam Houston, I'm not a fan of the dream lands and I think that dilutes the existentialism of it oh, well, um, surely I mean you, you can't argue against August Dilleth's um, realigning of things and the, the, the good gods and all that I mean it's wave <laughs> <laughs> I, I that elder sign soon as look at you <laughs> so that I, anyway I don't want to go on it like my but that I think that was what was for me yeah Ultimately, it felt like a retooled black hat rather than a specific Cthulhu hat. That's, okay. that's my that's my controversial. I, I, no, I don't. I don't disagree, and I think actually, it, I would say that I would say that that actually might be an actual limitation of the hacks in general. That you're never going to quite get something so specific that um you you're after with um you know with with the sanity loss and and as you say it's the, it's not so much the oh you lose two points here three points here or, oh you've lost you know you've met a something like a great one or my god you lose you know 20 points or whatever um but it's the slow 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 from normal to gibbering idiot but isn't that kind of the arg- argument about a generic system compared to uh, a very specifically written one? That if you've mm. got something that's adapting the black hack to be a space opera game or a Cthulhu game, or cause there's loads of them, I was astonished to find. Oh, yeah. Because um, I just hadn't kept up on it. As far as I knew, there were about three or four, because I've got one heroic fantasy, well, this I think is, it this is. This is hacks, you mean? Uh, yeah. Different hacks, yeah, based on the black yeah, hack. Yeah. Um, because I, I'm a, I just looked black hack and funnily enough the, fir- the first search result back wasn't the black hack it was a derivative of it uh, but if you based something on that obviously it's going to have some flavour of the original and if you've got a GURPS game and you do say GURPS Call of Cthulhu that's going to have quite a degree of GURPS to it. it otherwise you may as well just be playing the other game so is that kind of the same argument that um you, you're going to go into this knowing that it's a black hack approach to Cthulhu. Hmm. Agreed, and I, and I don't necessarily think that's that's a bad thing. I mean, as as we talked about right at the beginning, from a character generation point of view, well, twenty minutes, half an hour, and you and you're playing the game. Mm-hmm. Um, with the best will in the world, um, if you're doing that with Call of Cthulhu. Um, you are probably spending a whole session, maybe a little bit longer, um, banging up a character. Mm. If it's GURPS, 
If you know GURPS intimately really, really well, you might have a fighting chance of doing it in a session, but you're pushing it unless you're using some form of electronic uh, equipment. Even to me, uh, GURPS is basically establish some parameters, everybody goes away and generates characters and runs them past the GM, then, then at the next session you start playing. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you, if if you really know your system, you can, you know, you start into, you, you know the, the the core skills that you're after. Similarly, actually, funnily enough, with Call of Cthulhu, um, um, you know, you, you have, you know, you know, you you, you want to be looking at listen, you know, you want to be looking at um, sneak hide, so on and so forth, um, unless you're <clears throat> playing playing private cantor. But uh, <laughs> hang on. <laughs> the great thing, Nick, is we never talk about you when you're not here. Just, just bear that in mind. I've been here the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> what, you taking your microphone to the toilet? Um, oh, bless. Well, did did you hear about that poor yeah. poor woman? Oh, dear. Yes, anyway. Yeah, um, bless, so, bless her. Talking about the, the, the steps and how how thing you know how you lose and regain sanity and hit points and so on in Cthulhu, you don't regain your hit points very quickly. The way, the way so changes, yeah, I'm going to start the adventure by basically breaking both legs and then getting shot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not bitter. Um, with the Cthulhu hack, how do you think the the scale of it? Uh, anyone can pitch in for an answer on this one. Works in terms of potentially long term play. Does this seem to you like an ideal convention game or a series of, of short? Adventures, or do you think that you could run the same sort of, let's say, Masks of Nile Arthur scope game that Cthulhu became famous for? Even though that's not, you know, normal. It's, well, it's, it's the exception. Um, but but would that sort of thing just naturally fit the, the Cthulhu hack? Do you think, or does it just strike you as more of a, a short term game? I don't feel any of the hacks that I've played or played in so far. Um, are anything more than short term. Right. I should say I don't know whether or not that's simply their intention. It might be they're yeah. working exactly as designed. Hmm. There. Well, th- there, def- are, there are two ways I'd look at that, and one, one of them is there. There are only twelve numbers on this character sheet, and yeah. that, that's quite quite limiting <laughs> in how, how how much you can um, mechanically diversify characters from each other. I mean, obviously you can give them different personalities and so on. So, oh, God, Roger, that's suggesting that all monsters and tunnels and trolls are the same because they've all got one number. Uh, yeah, uh, it, you can do it. What, what I'm saying is, you, you, you need you need to put work into it, and the, the system isn't going to help you on it. Right. Com- compared right. with something like Call of Cthulhu, even where where you've got you know, enough skills that everybody's going to have a slightly different mix of skills. Uh, but the other thing is, if you a, 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 a campaign like Masks, where it notoriously has a high death rate. Would would possibly be great for this because you you not, may not have a character long enough to get bored with it, and you can roll up a new one before the session's over. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that that's an interesting point. Did the characters seem reasonably well differentiated mechanically to you, Shim, when you're listening? Could you sort of say, well, you know, this is the sort of thing that you know character X is going to be coming to the fore because they're quite distinct from the other character. Yeah, I felt in some ways. Um, so I mean. It's a mixture. So you've got things like, you know, for example, uh, your character was potentially doing one damage in combat. Um, Optimistic again, but yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> you were not going to be coming to the fore in terms of combat. Guts was. 
uh, guts could use weapons and deal a lot of damage and so on. Um, so there's those elements where people do potentially have a niche, but because a lot of it boiled down to the, so I mean, a lot of what you had was the resources, you had mm-hmm. the large resource pools, and that that one was a little bit strange because that's those get depleted, and if you got a couple of unlucky rolls, you could end up being no better at a particular thing, no better at investigation than the characters who hadn't started out with a large pool. Right, so you've sort of lost yeah. some of the differentiation, at least yeah. mechanically, in the characters. It's, it's a thing where, you know, certain attributes that's, that distinguish certain characters degrade and others don't, or are finite and others aren't. Which I suppose yeah, is, that's a good point. Which I suppose is not necessarily that different from playing a wizard, for example, to pick a, an arbitrary cannot use weapons, wears a robe, d4, hit dice uh, class. Um, but it, <laughs> I think it was an, an interesting feature of the game. Um, you know, so it was obvious that Guts was going to be the one jumping in if there was trouble to deal with. And yet, ironically, it was uh, Nick's character who was the one who actually jumped into the Guts. Uh, which is very, uh, very unfortunate. <laughs> I said listen to this again. <laughs> <laughs> you should. Um, well, I, I know we've got advantage ticks in some of these snacks. What they do? Well, the stats basically are resistances against different. They're saving throws. Yes. They? Yes. That's the whole point. And what did advantage do in something? Isn't we that, all had. Two, isn't that the same we? as the D and D roll for advantage? Is it you roll two dice and pick the best? Am I remembering that right? Yeah. I think okay. in this it's. I think it only comes in in character improvement or something like that. Uh, right, no, it okay. was um, so. Uh, Roger, you didn't have any, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at the two ebook because uh, uh, it, and it may have changed. Yeah, Nick at least had uh, on was it wisdom and con uh, intelligence, and intelligence and con. He would roll twice and take the better result. Right. So that's quite an advantage with the D4 compared to. Mm. Uh, anyway, I'm just wondering mechanically. I, I agree with you. Shim about that, that and I think it's that, quite easy. I have a feeling that a, that, a that role, role. That, that advantage thing is, is a, is either once per session or it's, it's, it's not, you don't use it very often. You don't use it okay. all the time. Right. I don't, from what I, I, that, that's kind of popped back into my mind, but, uh. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the kind of real minutiae of the rules necessarily what we're about because uh, I'm, I'm blowed if I can No, remember. but I don't <laughs> know. That does have a fit. And I think Shim made a good point if you're playing the heavy. You make two bad rolls, and suddenly you're only a strong scientist for the rest of the game. How quickly do you recover these guys? Uh, in, in, in second, it's fully recover at the end of the adventure, or if if you mm. need if you take some time out to do something like you know, if you've run out of smokes, you can spend spend an evening in a bar or playing cards in a gambling den or something. Um, oh, the point is, is to, 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 take nice, time, uh, to take time it's, out, it's, it's, out, it's out of the investigation to uh, to regain a step. I suppose. I mean, I, I guess you know that's like the first edition D and D wizard who casts his magic missile. Well, it, 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 well because it, because it's per adventure, it does put a limit on how long an adventure can practically be. Yeah. Well, that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Sorry, that reminds me of something I was going to say to mm. Mark, which was oh, so obviously this is a pre-written game mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It strikes me that with the depleting resource pools, if you were trying to put together your own adventure or wing it running something with this, um, I think it might be difficult you to could, judge. You could easily much. kill. Yeah, I think you could easily kill people with run, with random encounters. Is basically what you're trying to say. Yeah, or or, or, you or know, deplete them to the point where they are almost useless. At the point where they then need to be, um, you'd kind of need to be aware of when to put a break point in so everybody could take a breather. Is, yeah, is that yeah the, yeah? Um, fundamentally, you know, when do you get the chance to regain your flashlights and your smokes? Yeah. Is yeah. almost yeah. the key thing. Yeah. So if you're, for example, in the middle of a tunnel under a crumbling, decaying city full of fishmen. Um, is there a good opportunity right. for you to regain those? If it's if it's something more like masks, there might well be opportunities mm. for you to hold up. In yeah, I mean, I think you know. I seem to remember that, that there was one cave where you guys sort of stopped there and rested up for a couple of hours and and and, and, and regained a little. But but the whole point is is that you know, especially with that one where you're actually in a tidal system caves. Um, yeah, you're not going to be, you aren't going to be sort of hanging around forever because basically at some point the water is going to be coming in. Mm. Did you finish this adventure early, Mark? I got a vague memory that you did, or did we actually make it all the way through the, the session? You definitely met, met the um, Shoggoth at the end. Uh, Shoggoth? You did, did get out. Holy shit. Yeah. You can't remember being the Shoggoth either. <laughs> I remember scrambling to get out of the holding. And I seem to remember at least a couple of you might have died with that, actually, did you? I don't seem to remember I, all of, I, I don't seem to remember every, don't remember dying. I don't remember everybody coming out okay. But I might be completely wrong there, so. I remember it, but yeah, I remember a tense and exciting conclusion. I uh, I think Guts managed to drag you both out while some bits of equipment were getting smashed off by the Shoggoth. I remember dragging at least one person out. It might have been both. Yeah, I mean, with me not actually being there except in spirit, I wouldn't be surprised if I got left behind. <laughs> <laughs> Playing Cthulhu once, we, we ended up with a sort of um, portal opening up, and it was a good hour before we realised we'd accidentally left somebody on the moon. Um, these things, you know, it's just, it's just we're all sort of sitting around, and somebody goes, yeah, where's that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these things happen, you know. So overall, um, I think, it, I mean, we had a had a fun game. Uh, we haven't played this one since, and it's been no. a couple of years, but then with our kind of schedule uh, we just don't necessarily get back to things in a reasonable time. Well, I, I have played this, just not with you guys, though it's an adventure I'd like to run for you guys sometime. Mm-hmm. Um, I, at the last StabCon, um, Mike and I challenged each other on the podcast, and he, he thinks it was a challenge. I thought it was just a suggestion uh, to, to run adventure. <laughs> to, to run is he something, a little bit, uh, is he a bit touchy? <laughs> to run something a bit different from uh, our, our usual thing. And right. um, my my approach was, was to change as little as possible and just use the Cthulhu hack rather than GURPS to run a Lovecraft investigative adventure. Uh, <laughs> this is the CSI Arkham, so you know, set set in the modern day um, in Arkham, you, you are you are police and crime scene techs investigating strangeness. Right, and it went well. Yeah, um, I, I needed to patch it up a bit after the first test run, but that was what a test run was for, and the the players at Snapcon seemed to like it. Okay. Uh, and did you enjoy running it? Yeah, it, it's it's odd because 
as, as I say, I'm, I'm used to the mechanical support I get from GURPS. Also, one of the things you can do in, in a complicated system like you know, D&D, GURPS, RuneQuest, is start a fight. And then you've got a guaranteed half an hour of people rolling dice and having fun and bashing things. And that's, if you're playing champions, that's just a workout initiative. <laughs> uh, but, but in this, that really doesn't happen. I mean, you, yes, you have fights, but they're over quickly and, and people die a lot. Right, so you can't give yourself that kind of mental breathing space of uh, letting the mechanics do the work, then. Mm-hmm. Which Did is not necessarily the same bad sort thing, of thing but... that, uh, Well, no, perhaps not. Did you find some of the same elements that Mark had talked about, uh, sort of, you almost mechanically didn't have enough to do? You, you felt a little uninvolved with dice rolls and things. Did that yeah. come across? Well, what, one of the things I shifted from, from version 1 to version 2 is... I, I, my standard my style of gaming is is a lot of about the the players say what what is this you know I investigate this I tell them the answer they put it together then they go on to the next thing and if that's all you're doing in the Cthulhu hack then all you're doing is rolling flashlights and smokes right and so so so, so it is though. necessary to have some sort of ongoing threat or or, or repeated threat you know something something to kick in that stat save thing that is the other half of the mechanics. Oh, right. I think this, I, I, okay. this Otherwise, it could just into, be a resource management. Yeah, you know, when you're going to run out of flashlights, that slightly runs into what I was saying to Mark earlier, which is in terms of because obviously in, in Call of Duty, for example, in D and D, if people say, "Oh, I want to look at this," "Oh, I want to look at that," "Oh, I want to do this," um, you can just let them and keep making rolls for things if you think rolls are yeah. necessary, and if you don't, then that's just a judgment call. Um, whereas in this, because there is a always a potential cost to finding something out. Did you find you were having to make judgment calls in terms of whether it was reasonable to ask them to risk a resource on finding out something? Yeah, it, it was... A, my standard call of Cthulhu is, you know, roll spot hidden, okay, I'll tell you this. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas this, yeah. I, I had to say, okay, some stuff I'm just going to tell you, other stuff you're going to have to roll for. Hmm. So it's a surprisingly like Gumshoe. I mean, I have never played Gumshoe or that system again, but it, it you know, it sounds much more related. I have played Gumshoe. This does feel like the, the same spotlight sharing you get in Gumshoe and the same, you know, your investigation will not be frustrated by not getting the clue. Right. With a lot but of less baggage. Games like Cthulhu, games like Cthulhu, that's um, a GMing technique that, you know, you shouldn't really be letting people get into a situation where you fail the role, the adventure has to stop. Well, sure. Yeah. So, mm. it's a question of whether you need that mechanical setup, but then again, if you're not aware of it, I suppose having the mechanical setup for it is very helpful. Well, I think the more mm. important thing, and I, I remember a lot of interviews with um, Robin and quite often with Ken Height as well when, when, they, when this came out, and the, the, what they were emphasising was very much, you know, it doesn't stop because of the clue. But I think what's more... What's well, actually, you mean when Gumshoe came yeah, in? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, but I think what, what's actually more important is the forced spotlight sharing. Because you... because you Okay, you, you get the, the standard clue by just saying, I, I have archaeology or whatever. But if you, if you want to be awesome and get the extra clue, you need to spend points. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to run out of points. That means everybody is going to have a chance to be awesome at something. Right. R- and you run. think you get that same feel with this game and, of, and you, of that spotlight element. A, a certain amount of that. And you certainly don't in Call of Cthulhu because the guy with Archaeology 80 can keep rolling Archaeology 80 all day. Mm. 
Which I suppose, if you look at it another way, isn't unreasonable. You might think, well, why, why should he somehow, at the end of the day, does he just get tired? His brain's over. Oh, yeah, basically, he just can't look yeah. at another bar release. Is, is this a simulation of an actual investigation, or is it a TV show of an investigation where yeah. you know yeah. e- every actor in the main cast has to have their moment in the spotlight? Mm. Yeah, right. I, I hear the creak of a can of worms. But it's just interesting whether mm. you know spotting that connection with another game. Uh, really, it illuminates a, a design goal, very likely. Yeah. You know, if you've mm. seen something in a game and you think, actually, yes, that's great, because when we play the game with these rules, everybody gets their spotlight. But maybe I don't like the way it does it in this respect. And then, you know, it gets adapted, and, and that's generally how games sort of develop. You mm. pinch something from somebody else, you fail to credit them, you disguise it slightly. You know, it's all clean fun. <laughs> So is there is there anything about this Give then? Um, we've, only been talk- we've only been talking for about nine or ten hours. Um, anything about it anybody wants to sort of oh, bring up or comment on? Yes, indeed, Jim. Um, so just sort of riffing slightly on that last discussion, I think one thing... This is obviously going for a certain type of Lovecraftian play because, you know, coming back to the you can keep rolling our code or they can keep... Rolling spot hidden all day. Um, my sort of default play style for a lot of things is I will want to poke everything and find out, you know, oh, what's this about? What's that about? Um, that, obviously, that's just me. Um, but in, for example, Call of Cthulhu, you can do quite slow paced investigations where there's a lot of Can't researching. Gathering, <laughs> gathering information, um, talking to people before you before you do anything that people might consider to be pushing the plot forward. Yeah, um, and then of course you go shopping or abs- go and uh, go to a cafe. Also, you've got menus to examine, waiters to interrogate. You know, um, but you know you you can choose as a group or as a as a GM to play things in a quite slow paced way. You can design adventures that are very very investigative. Uh, I've got one I might run for you at some point that has no combat whatsoever. Um, <laughs> Challenge accepted. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel you'll manage it somehow, but um, but obviously because in this game your investigative skills deplete, you can't just sit there indefinitely gathering information. It sort of forces you to have some momentum towards getting on and doing something else. Which, yeah. So it's going to affect the pacing simply by virtue of the way the mechanics work. Yeah, you're going to yeah. run out of the option to keep asking questions and keep prodding things. You're going to have to get out there and do something. Yeah, which also means you can't leave too many red herrings around. True. Yeah. Um, so you can't. Well, that's a thought. Yeah, actually. You know, so 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 it becomes um, a simpler scenario because you can't yeah. be going off on. Wild Goose Chase A, B or C because any one of those would potentially mean that you actually can't do the actual main plot. So yeah. uh, so you're thinking when it comes to writing adventures you've got to have a different head on effectively. You you can't have, you know, be Wuzzle Gummage and put your Lovecraftian Call of Cthulhu head on. You've got to more, have a more Black Hack style that, so that you don't like we said, misjudge the pacing so that everybody is left vulnerable at a key moment when they shouldn't be vulnerable and things like that. Yeah, well, similarly, okay. that, that thing of you, you need to put in com- 
uh, some sort of ongoing threat as well as ongoing stuff to investigate. You can't just tap all the threats mm. at the end. Yes, yeah, you can't just do the just the boss monster. Yeah, right. Is there anything else that we wanted to chip in, or are we happy to uh, just wrap up with a? Well, I, I, w- I would like ki- kindly to uh, credit Paul Baldowski, who wrote the thing. Um, af- after we played this this adventure, uh, I ran into him in the next aircon and said, "Thank you for writing this. It was fun," and he gave me a copy of it. So. Yeah, thanks, Thank Paul. you for writing this, Paul. Email address to follow. <laughs> I mean, and 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 whereas we enjoyed playing the Black Hack, but I didn't particularly enjoy GMing it per se. I found it was I found that quite. I found this a lot less frustrating uh, right. to GM. Is that because of combat in it? Or... It. I, I. I suspect it might have been. Partly that um, I wasn't just describing what you were rolling about, right? But, okay. But, um, yeah. Whereas, um, especially when we were playing the black hack, it's right. Okay, you're attacked by some goblins, and you roll, and you roll, and you roll, and you roll, yeah. and you right. roll. So, and in, you roll. in a way, then that might have exactly the same thing that when you're writing a, a black hack adventure or trying to put something together on the fly, you've got to be thinking in black hack terms and not just. Oh well, this worked in a D and D game I ran. That you might have to actually be a. It's not quite as generic as it might seem. It's, yes, it's, it's got its own foibles, and you you have to include those. That's interesting, yes. though, because there are definitely conversion notes. You know, if, if you happen to have Adventures for Call of Cthulhu or some other Lovecraftian mm. game, there are there are notes on the website for converting them to Cthulhu hack. Right, but I suppose I think I think that would be interesting because I think I think exactly I think Shim's point is exactly right. I think the pacing is so different between Mm. the two different games. That's not necessarily uh, making uh, Cthulhu Hack a bad game, but it's but 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 it's a very and 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 kind of again Nick's point as well that you you don't have the. The feel of your sanity just, you know, slipping through your fingers sort of thing. It's bang, bang, bang. Oh look, you're insane. Mm. <laughs> Not just a simple conversion. You know, for either D and D for the black. So, okay. so from that point of view, then it sounds like what you're saying is. It's an enjoyable game. It's not exactly the same as Call of Cthulhu. So there is a reason to play this, even if you also like Call of Cthulhu. It, it gives you a different style of Lovecraftian game. Yeah, they're, they're, they're adjacent, but, but but they do different things. Right. Okay. So yeah. it, I mean, really, then that comes down to you know, would we would we play it or or run it? Want to run it again? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'd like. I mean, I, as I'd like to play it. Play more. I'd be interested in in running something like this. Um, although it's not going to happen soon because there's too many on the list. <laughs> <laughs> but I think overall, uh, even though it's quite short and beset with technical problems from my side, it, w- it was an enjoyable game to play. Hmm. Yeah, I would. I feel like I've perhaps felt felt, felt more critical because the party's my baby, as uh, as I often say. Um, yeah. Uh, that's not the episode title. <laughs> I don't know if we're doing episode titles or not. I mean, it's all. This is very much. It's not. I was going to say it's almost a backdoor pilot, but but it's not. And I shouldn't really say that with Nick around anyway. Um, what I would say, I'd, I'd go back to that. If you enjoyed it, you're doing it right. And I I think it's fair to say we all very much enjoyed the hat games that we played. I certainly did. 
even though I can remember not standing. <laughs> yeah, you, rec- you recall good. being told that you'd had a good time, although you've no memory of it. So. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I, I certainly, I don't remember the mechanics getting in the way, and I don't. Because you don't remember the mechanics. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, that's a plus right. because there are some games when I certainly do, not in a good way. Um, and I enjoyed it. I, I got into my character. I enjoyed the style. I, cool. So for me, it's uh, yeah. Definitely. So um, I would and having again. having listened to it, uh, are you keen to join in a game of it, Jim? Uh, yeah, I mean, it sounded like everyone was having a good time. Uh, it seems like a fairly easy thing to get into, get playing, and not have to worry too much about keeping track of lots of different moving parts, um, mm-hmm. which is which is quite nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it seems like fun. Cool. Well, uh, that's probably an episode or five of uh, of water culture. Perhaps. Uh, we should all bugger off now, really, I suppose, shouldn't we? And uh, do something useful. I'll put the kettle on. Good plan. Oh, thank you, everyone. Thank but, you. That was really good. And laying the final infected water depth. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. if, we're, if we're stuck inside doing nothing but wondering why the whole world smells of hand sanitizer, we might as well chat with someone. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good evening, gentlemen. Yeah, and you. Thank you, and I'll talk again uh, to you soon. Good to see you. Good evening. Okay. Bye. Good Bye. Cheers. Bye. Bye.